MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Friday, October 23rd, 2020. Today, despite efforts by Trump and Ratcliffe, U.S. officials say Russia continues to be the biggest threat to the 2020 election. Ratcliffe and Trump are pushing to declassify a document on Russia's 2016 election roll. House Republicans are actually trying to push an inquiry into Biden's use of Amtrak while campaigning. Trump is weighing firing the FBI director Christopher Wray. And the fake Hunter Biden emails were actually circulated in Ukraine as Rudy dug for dirt there last year. I'm your host, A.G. Happy Friday, everyone. Uh, Today is a big and important show. It is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done. I'll be speaking for almost 40 minutes with Rachel Vindman. Um, Her husband, as you know, is uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel uh, Alexander Vindman. And she has a lot to say. And uh, (laughs) I have to say, I was very surprised at some of the things that she um, spoke with me about. And and it was a very, very incredible conversation. She is a hero of mine, as is her husband. So I definitely want you to stick around for that interview. I'll also be reading the good news with Amy Carrero. That'll be at the end of the show, as always. And then today at 4 p.m. Pacific, we'll have our happy hour with, uh, of course, You know, we can have some cocktails. It'll be on Zoom. And this is for patrons. Now, we do open it up to the public at five. Uh, And we've had, I just found out, almost 500 one-year memberships donated by current patrons to those who want to be patrons but can't afford it right now. Or, you know, maybe are uh, deserving of a a membership, like if they're a a veteran or... um, a frontline healthcare worker, etc. So, if you want to donate a one-year membership uh, to be a patron for a whole year for just thirty-six bucks, you can do that uh, at dailybeanspod.com, and that's also where you can sign up to be on the list to receive one of those one-year memberships. Uh, again, that's dailybeanspod.com. And thank you so much to our incredibly generous patrons. Y'all never cease to amaze me. Um, I'm humbled by you and your support of women in broadcasting, women in podcasting, and, you know, anyone who wants, you know, or needs to have this information, because from what you all say, it keeps you sane. And I appreciate that. Um, Something interesting happened uh, today. Uh, I, I tweeted, and you may have heard me reference this in a past podcast, perhaps yesterday's, I they all kind of are like melting together at this point. But uh, I had gotten some room int, rumor intelligence that uh, Rudy Giuliani had been cooking up a plan to make some arrests, fake arrests in Eastern Europe uh, to say that Hunter Biden was par- is part of some, you know, pedo sex trafficking prostitution ring. And I put that out on Twitter. People were like, nah, you're nuts. You're bananas. Well, Donald Trump Jr. said it on Fox today, this morning. He got on there and said, yeah, now we have more stuff coming out. There's a prostitution sex trafficking ring Hunter Biden's involved in. And then, of course, Fox News put out a story saying that um, the laptop connected to Hunter Biden is being looked at by the money laundering section of the FBI. And so they've concluded that, ipso facto, Hunter Biden is being investigated for money laundering. However, they do not have any proof or evidence that this is Hunter Biden's laptop. 
uh, my means, my two cents, Rudy Giuliani. This is his laptop. It was subpoenaed by the FBI because he is not registered as a foreign agent. He's lobbying on behalf of, uh, you know, Russia to interfere in the elections. And, uh, you know, there's so many charges that, you know, computer fraud, wire fraud, um, defrauding the United States, conspiracy to defraud the United States, uh, failure to register as a foreign agent. There's so many crimes that he's being investigated for. Why not money laundering, too? So that's what I think is happening. Rudy's being investigated for money laundering as well. But anyway, we'll see you at happy hour <laughs> if you're a patron. Patron, you get if you're a patron, you get these episodes ad free. You get them the night before they come out to the public. You get all the MSW book clubs. And I'm starting a new one this Saturday on Andrew Weissman's book, Where Law Ends, Inside the Mueller Investigation. I'm just gonna be doing that one by myself. Lots of swearing. And um and you'll 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 see why. And then uh we just wrapped up the Mary Trump book club with the final episode with an hour we did an hour, Dana Goldberg and I, with Mary Trump herself, where she took patrons' questions and answered them. Uh, and then you get that book club, you get the next book club, you get the archive of all the book clubs that we've done. Andrew McCabe and James Comey and like everything, the fear and Russian roulette. There's so many. And I, I look forward to you being able to have that. All of that and my newsletter and personal research notes is three bucks a month. And uh, I appreciate anyone who can swing it and support it. And if not, like I said, sign up to get one donated to you. Uh, anyway, we have an incredibly big, massive show with a lot of headlines going on right now. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Lead story today, while senior Trump administration officials said this week that Iran has been actively interfering in the presidential election, <clears throat> on behalf of Biden, according to Ratcliffe, many intelligence officials say that they remain far more concerned about Russia, which has, in recent days, hacked into multiple state and local computer networks in breaches that could allow Moscow broader access to American voting infrastructure. The discovery of the hacks came as American intel agencies infiltrating Russian networks themselves have pieced together details of what they believe are Russia's plans to interfere with the presidential race in its final days and immediately after the election on November 3rd. This is the red mirage I've been warning you about. This is them in the days after the election as more Democratic votes come in and the blue number starts getting bigger and bigger. That's when all the disinformation coming out saying it's interference, it's fake, it's fraud, it's whatever. China has got ballots. They're going to have photos and videos and all sorts of bullshit. That's what's going to happen. Peter Strzok warned us specifically about it. The FBI has warned us specifically about it in a press release. Chris Ray has warned us specifically about it in a video that they put out. Now, officials did not make clear what Russia plans to do, but they said its operations would be intended to help Trump potentially by exacerbating disputes around the results, especially if the race is too close to call. Who's been telling you to vote in numbers too big to manipulate? We even, you know, when we spoke to Mary Trump, will he resign? She says only if it's a, only if he loses in a landslide. And why do you think they're trying to jam Amy Coney Barrett in there right now? Sure, they want to get rid of health care. And Trump admitted that in his pre-released 60 Minutes interview that he put out to try to get ahead of the story which was a mistake, much like when Don Jr. released his emails admitting that, uh, you know, what his uh, you know press response was to the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting that his dad helped him write. He thought putting those emails out ahead of someone else leaking them would, you know, be a good idea for him. It wasn't. 
And neither was this interview with Leslie Stahl in 60 Minutes that Trump put out ahead. He said, yeah, no, we're trying to get rid of the ACA. So while that might be a part of why they want to shove Amy Coney Barrett in there, along with everything else that, you know, uh, the Federalist assholes want to get done in the courts, I think a lot of this has to do with election results, which is why they want to jam it in before the election, prior to the election. And as uh, as I predicted, uh, I put it out in a tweet, and I was sorry to put it out in a tweet, but there's nothing we can do to stop this. Uh, Lindsey Graham gaveled through uh, the rules, the Senate uh, Judiciary Committee rules that say you have to have two members of the opposite party uh, there to constitute a quorum and you can't get any business done without a quorum. Well, he gaveled through it, said, fuck it. The Democrats are going to probably make their complaint to the parliamentarian. The parliamentarian will rule in favor of the Democrats. Then Mitch will come in and and, uh, overrule the parliamentarian with 51 votes. They've done this already this year a couple of times. So that's what's going to happen. So we'll see how, how close to the election this is going to be. But she may be seated. In, in, you know, in that time. Another reason we have to vote in numbers too big to manipulate. Um, there is no evidence that the Russians have changed any vote tallies. It's important for me to tell you or, or voter registration information. That's according to officials. They added that the Russian backed hackers and uh, had penetrated the computer networks without taking any further action, as they did in 2016. But American officials expected that if a presidential race is not called on election night, Russian groups could use their knowledge of local computer systems to deface websites, release non-public information, or take similar steps that could sow chaos and doubt in the integrity of the results. That's according to American officials briefed on the intelligence. Also, why I think Ratcliffe said that the uh, Iranian hack um, of the Proud Boys email that got sent to certain voters that said, vote for Trump or else... Uh, He insinuated that that was to hurt Trump, which makes no fucking sense. But there you have now a pretext for Trump to say they were trying to hurt me, Iran, so he doesn't have to blame Russia because he's got their dick in his mouth. Iran tried to hurt me because I got rid of the stupid nuclear Iran deal that stupid Obama made. And so they interfered in the elections. Look, and, and then Russia will put out all this disinformation, sowing discord after the election, after voting, the polls close. And that that is how they will try to contest this election. Now, some U.S. intelligence officials view Russia's intentions way more significant than the announcement Wednesday night by Ratcliffe that Iran had been involved in spreading those threatening emails that I just mentioned. Uh, Officials brief on the intelligence said that Ratcliffe had accurately summarized the preliminary conclusion about Iran. But Tehran's hackers may have accomplished that mission simply by assembling public information and then routing the threatening emails through Saudi Arabia, Estonia and other countries to hide their tracks. One official compared the Iranian action to single-A baseball while the Russians are the major leagues. Now, we have previous evidence that Russia actually piggybacked on Iran to make Russia's hacks look like Iranian hacks. So maybe put some beans on that. Maybe this wasn't Iran. Maybe it was Russia. Piggybacking on Iran. Funneling emails through Saudi Arabia, Estonia, and other countries. Just a thought. There's no one coming out and saying that yet, except for me. Uh, Anyway, nonetheless, both the Iranian and the Russian activity could pave the way for perception hacks, which are intended to leave the impression that foreign powers have greater access to the voting system than they really do. Federal officials have warned for months that small breaches could be exaggerated to prompt inaccurate charges of widespread voter fraud. And I believe that it says here Russia's ability to change vote tallies nationwide is limited, very hard. And the Washington Post... Uh, reporter who came out with this story uh, yesterday also said that on Maddow, if you watched that last night. It's important to note because what I think the reason they keep banging that uh, that point home 
they can't change the vote tallies is because I think that's what Russia is going to try to make us think happened via Iran or China or even themselves after the polls close. And that is what Trump can use or purportedly what he will use to contest the election results. Also, we're learning now that President Donald Trump and his intelligence chief, Ratcliffe, have pushed for a quick declassification of a document disputing the 2017 intelligence community assessment that Russia attacked us to help Trump get elected in 2016. This is according to three U.S. government officials familiar with the matter, and they talked to Reuters. Their effort faces strong objections from the intelligence agencies, according to two officials, on condition of anonymity. One reason for their opposition is the proximity of the election. An October 15th letter written by DNI Ratcliffe to the Inspector General for the Intelligence Community, reviewed by Reuters, confirmed he was seeking the declassification of the document at the request of Devin Nunes, the senior Republican on the House Intelligence Committee. Womp womp. Nunes wants this declassified. Quote, I have requested that the document undergo formal declassification review in response to a request from Nunes according to Ratcliffe in the letter, noting Republicans on the committee first requested that it be declassified in December of 2018 when they controlled the House. A former U.S. intelligence official familiar with the issue said the CIA and the NSA, which monitor worldwide communications, were trying to stop Ratcliffe from releasing the document because it would damage national security assets and jeopardize sources and methods. And also, it's bullshit. Ratcliffe and others have been pushing to have the intelligence declassified by Thursday night, one of the officials said. That's the debate. Hmm, how weird. If successful, it would allow uh, its release around the time that Trump and Biden would square off in their debate. On Wednesday night, Ratcliffe called a hastily arranged news conference. That's what we just talked about to say Russia and Iran have interfered. And Iran did it to hurt Trump, drawing swift denials from Moscow and Tehran. He said Iran's efforts were aimed again at damaging Trump, like I said. And the document he's working with now is believed to be two or three years old and was originated in Congress by Republicans who support Trump's assertion that Russians didn't intervene to help him defeat Clinton, which we know it's all bullshit. And amidst the push and pull between Ratcliffe and actual intelligence agencies, Trump is now weighing firing Chris Wray, FBI director, who oddly stood next to Ratcliffe while he gave his political spin on election interference during Wednesday night's emergency press conference. Barr was oddly absent from that conference as well. It wasn't really a press conference because they didn't take questions. Um, Barr was absent. He was also not there when the DOJ announced the indictments of six Russians for hacking everything from the Olympics to Ukrainian power grids, which begs the question, where's Bill Barr? According to The Washington Post, President Trump and his advisors have repeatedly discussed whether the FBI, whether to fire FBI Director Chris Wray after Election Day, a scenario that could imperil the tenure of Attorney General Bill Barr as the president grows increasingly frustrated that federal law enforcement has not delivered his campaign the kind of last minute boost that the FBI provided in 2016. Looking at you, Comey. The conversations among the president and senior aides stem in part from their disappointment that Ray, and in particular, but Barr also, has not done what Trump had hoped, indicate that Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, his son Hunter, or both Biden associates are under investigation. I'd like you to do me a favor, though. That's how he, with, why he withheld the Ukrainian aid from uh, Zelensky. Remember? I'd like you to do me a favor, though. And just announce. You don't have to investigate. Just announce. You're investigating Joe Biden? High five. Also new today from Time Magazine, it turns out Frank Figluzzi and I were right. Explicit photos and emails purportedly belonging to Hunter Biden were circulating in Ukraine last year, the same time Rudy Giuliani was searching for dirt there on former Vice President Joe Biden. 
That's two people approached about the material during that time period, tell Time magazine. Interestingly enough, in my conversation a little bit later with Rachel Vindman, Colonel Vindman was disinvited to trips around that same time. Hmm. Disinvited. To visit countries that were on his list of countries that he, you know, were in his purview. The email's alleged availability, which has not been previously reported, comes to light. In the wake of Giuliani's recent claims, he obtained private photos and emails of Hunter Biden from a broken laptop abandoned in Delaware. Giuliani, who is President Donald Trump's personal lawyer, has passed this material to right-wing news outlets, which began publishing it last week, New York Post. Giuliani did not respond to requests for comment on the origins of the material. No major news outlet has been able to you know, um, corroborate their validity. Over the past year, the practice of selling or leaking private communications has become so common in Ukraine, the government has announced plans to pass a law against it. Igor Novikov, a former advisor to Ukraine's president who now researches disinformation, referred to the practice as Ukraine's national sport in a recent interview with The Post. The two people who say they were approached with Hunter Biden's alleged emails last year did not know whether any of them were real and declined to identify who was behind the offers. The first, which came in late May of 2019, Right around the time Ron Johnson made his 180. Again, I talk with Rachel Vindeman about that. The second, mid-September 2019, right around the time that uh, Rudy was over there trying to dig up dirt on Biden and uh, Colonel Vindeman was disinvited on those trips. The two people said they could not confirm whether any of the material presented to them was the same that was published in the New York Post. Um, Hunter Biden and his father's presidential campaign have declined to comment on the leaks in detail or to address whether they, any of the published emails are genuine. Hunter Biden has been able, unable to figure out where the material could have originated. Over the past week, Trump has used the leaks from Giuliani to fuel his claims of corruption against the Biden family. The president called on Barr to appoint a special counsel to investigate the material in the recent reports. We've got to get the attorney general to act. This is that whole thing, right? Just Say you're investigating Hunter Biden. Just appoint a special counsel. You don't even have to start yet. Trump said in an interview with Fox on Tuesday, two days before the debate, he's got to appoint somebody. This is major corruption. It has to be known about before the election. Mm. One mystery that has surrounded Giuliani's effort to aid Trump's re-election bid is the original source of the photos and emails has been leaked to the New York Post. No other news organization has been able to verify the contents of the leak. Just the New York Post. The Biden campaign, and they I, they didn't verify it either. In fact, there's a picture of uh, one of the authors, several pictures on her Instagram account with Roger Stone, Hannity, um, folks like that. Really interesting. The Biden campaign, along with U.S. national security officials and social media platforms, have warned that the leaked files could include forgeries meant to confuse or mislead voters. And finally, House Republicans on Wednesday said they're leading. They want to do an investigation on Biden using Amtrak to do a little stint, a campaign stint between Ohio and Pennsylvania last month. Four, four GOP members in a letter to the government subsidized railroad alleged that the Biden campaign may have received special treatment and had refused to say how much it paid to charter an Amtrak train through Ohio and Pennsylvania last month. Quote, we're concerned the apparent use of a struggling, resource-deprived, publicly-run service for political gain does not serve the best interest of Amtrak or the American taxpayers at this time. 
That's Eric Crawford, Republican from Arkansas, Bob Gibbs from Ohio, Scott Perry from Pennsylvania, and Lloyd Smucker, also from PA. But in its disclosures to the FEC, the Biden campaign recorded, reported spending 265000 on the train charter. Amtrak says the starting rate for the charter is thirty grand, and that no discount was given. We can't provide the cost, but we share we, that we did make money, and we aim to do as we aim to do for any charter. <laughs> a Biden campaign spokesman dismissed the allegations with a fucking mic drop of a statement. Anyone can charter a train with Amtrak. Last we checked, no one can charter the White House South Lawn for a political convention. <laughs> Thank you, Matt Hill, for saying that. So we'll be right back with this Rachel Vindeman interview that I've been so excited for you to hear. You do not want to miss it. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG from The Daily Beans. I'm super handy at most things, uh, and technical difficulties don't usually throw me off. I was a nuclear reactor operator. But when it comes to the complex systems in my car, especially the electrical systems and computer systems and GPS, I have no idea what I'm doing. But now I have CarShield, so I don't worry about it anymore. CarShield offers a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands for covered repair, which means that check engine light is a lot less scary when it comes on. You have the freedom to choose your mechanic or your dealership. They do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. Even if your car breaks down while you're traveling, the choice of a repair shop is still up to you. On top of that, there's no long-term contracts or commitments, payments are flexible, and CarShield plans are customized to your exact needs. CarShield has helped over a million drivers. That's why they have. That's why they are America's number one auto protection company. Uh, I used to dread car repairs, but with CarShield, I have peace of mind now. So get covered today. See why CarShield cars go farther. Call 1-800-665-2157 and mention code DAILYBEANS or visit carshield.com and use code DAILYBEANS to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code DAILYBEANS. A deductible may apply. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back. Joining me today for the interview is a hero of mine, someone who, along with Andy and Jill McCabe, Misha Yovanovitch, Fiona Hill, Dr. Bright, Pete Strzok, Dr. Shulkin, so many others that inspired me to speak out about my story. I am really, really excited to welcome Rachel Vindman to the show. Rachel, thanks for speaking with me today. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Uh, There's just so much going on. And um, your husband, we all know, retired Colonel Vindeman, war hero, whistleblower, former National Security Council member who testified in the impeachment hearings against Donald Trump about the phone call that Trump had with the Ukrainian President Zelensky. And I was hoping you could tell us what has inspired you to speak out just a few days ago uh, pretty strongly against the Trump administration. Uh, the one event, the impetus for me speaking out was um, a journalist who Alex had spoken with, told him that after writing an article that he was, he received death threats and his family had to be moved uh, for their safety. And as a journalist, he wasn't, he didn't want to be part of the story. So he didn't want to speak out. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, the president made him a part of the story, not just the president um, of the president had tweeted about it, had tweeted about the article, had tweeted uh, about this specific journalist. And, you know, his followers just did what they do and, you know, took it and run with it, ran with it and, you know, caused, put his family in harm's way. So while I appreciate the people who don't want to speak out or can't speak out because of you know, for whatever reasons, I could speak out and I was just tired of it. So I talked to some people. My initial idea was 
um, to make like an Instagram video and just post it and, you know, kind of talk about these issues. It obviously got a little bit bigger than that. And um, we did the ad. And after the ad, I, uh, the CNN opportunity came up, but it was pretty spur of the moment. Nothing was really coordinated. I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out and with the response that I've received, but it was, you know, a little, it was hard to put ourselves out there. We've been out there so much um, that we didn't want to be, but, you know, I think Alex said it really well. Um, he, he said, I wasn't a political person, but, but the president made me political and I'm going to use my voice. And I'm going to use mine too, because what Alex wants to talk about is a little different. And, you know, and sometimes it's death by policy, bless his heart. But there's a personal story too. And the personal story is what has happened to our family. And he's a stoic soldier. He would never tell people about that. But I think it's a story that people need to hear. They need to hear who these people really are. And unfortunately, I have a story that tells who these people really are. Yeah. And you bring up such a good point. It's it's not necessarily just Trump. It's his followers every time Trump stirs the pot. And we've, we've just seen this recently with the governor of Michigan, um, Whitmer, whose social media um, handler says every time Trump brings this up, it it creates this groundswell of, of just disgusting, awful threats and and. Uh, emails and tweets from his base. And and so I can imagine that that, you know, I, I don't f- face that generally on that large of a scale. So I can't imagine what the, what that must be like. But you mentioned you wanted to talk about this personal story. Can you tell us more about the personal story? Well, you know, I was kept in the dark for a long time about what was going on. Um, you know, he didn't discuss work with me. Uh, the only thing I know is what I see in open sources. And at the time, actually, we were dealing with a huge, uh, we had a leak in our kitchen. And uh, so if you watch the Lincoln Project video, everyone, I just want you to know my kitchen is the real star of the of the ad, because that kitchen was a labor, <laughs> I wouldn't say a labor of love necessarily, but of necessity. <laughs> but um, we had had to move out, we were out of our house for um, about two months, there was a a small lake, so there was a lot of mold remediation that needed to be done. And um, then, you know, I think I could tell Alex was a little bit, you know, on edge, but we all were. We were living in the basement of his brother's house, and it was it was a tense time. So he, I think, had some indication, you know, when he went to Ukraine, it was a very weird trip for him. In fact, if I can say as an aside, uh, Senator Johnson went to Ukraine with um, with the delegation. And I remember Alex telling me when he got back, you know, it was the weirdest thing because he just kept telling me that I needed to do more as if it were, you know, I needed to do more to help Ukraine. And it was a very odd thing for me. I didn't know what to say to him because I didn't want to say it's the president who won't help Ukraine, not me. But so he said, I just didn't really say anything because I, I didn't want to disparage the president to him, but it was, it was very odd for him. So I think he's kind of 
MP and, and, you know, Dr. Hill, everyone was sort of putting all these pieces together. Meanwhile, you know, we, I'm dealing with the kitchen and, and, you know, the summer progresses and we went on vacation. He left vacation early to return to Washington because Ambassador Bolton was going to go to all the countries in Alex's uh, portfolio at the time, which was Moldova, Belarus, and Ukraine. So we had driven and he flew back at great personal expense and he gets back and goes to the office and then they say, oh, well, you're not going on the trip. Hmm. It's kind of another data point, pretty weird, um, very atypical for the National Security Advisor to go and not take the director, specific director for those countries, especially because it was just one person. So, um, you know, there was concern about the security assistance. It was finally lifted. Alex, you know, worked really hard because at the time he thought that it was just a matter of convincing everyone that the security assistance needed to be given. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not answering the question. I'm not giving the personal story, but just the build up to it. This is, you know, it's, it's, I could tell, it seemed to me like it was a bigger problem and I raised it to him a couple of times. Like, are you sure everything's going okay? It seems, things seem a little weird. Are you, you know, putting this all together? But um, finally, you know, as I said, one night in September, Thursday night, he tells me there was a whistleblower complaint. And I said, yeah, I heard something about it in NPR. I didn't, I haven't watched anything about it. I haven't read anything, haven't seen anything. I said, well, you know, it was a call. It was a, about a call from President Zelensky, from President Trump to President Zelensky. And I said, Oh, the second one, the one after the parliamentary elections? And he said, yes. I said, you're on the call. Was it okay? He didn't really say anything. He asked me to check on his personal liability insurance, his professional liability insurance. And I then had a lot of questions and he just fell asleep. The next morning I tried to ask him, just said, please just check on my professional liability insurance. Uh, So I did. And the next week he took off because the president was going to the UN General Assembly. He was meeting with President Zelensky, and again, Alex was not allowed to attend, which, again, was pretty odd. And at the end of that week is when he really, the uh, I think it was Thursday, perhaps a week after he had mentioned it to me, when the whistleblower's complaint was made public, it became pretty apparent, uh, you know, who who might have spoken to him. Um, and I would say the reason it was apparent is because a lot of people on the phone call were on the call for different reasons, but only a few people, a very few people had the understanding to know why what the president asked in the, I need to do me a favor though, why that was so dangerous and harmful. And as Alex says, many times, perhaps criminal. So other people just simply wouldn't have the, it's, it's not an issue of, of intelligence or ability. They just maybe wouldn't have the understanding to know why that was not acceptable. Um, it only raised, I think, concern for those very few people. So, mm-hmm. um, And after that, uh, a couple of weeks before Alex was uh, subpoenaed, he was subpoenaed um, a little over a year ago. Uh, even after the subpoena, things are pretty under the radar. No one really knew about it. We didn't tell a lot of people. And after his 
I think our life got crazy the night um, before his testimony when his personal statement was uh, revealed to the world that was uh, leaked to the media. And at that point, everything got crazy and it's just now kind of calming down. But, you know, we faced, uh, you know, lots of criticism. There was probably the biggest initial criticism and it was very scary because he was called a traitor. So when Laura Ingram and John Yu and Alan Dershowitz, um, the Three Stooges, got on her show that night and made those allegations, they all three know better, way better. I think they're all three attorneys, at least two of them. And they know better, but they, uh, you know, made these allegations and they stuck. I mean, you know, you can't unring a bell. You can't unsay words. And people heard that it was one of the first things they heard even before his testimony, before they saw him in uniform, before they heard anything about him. I didn't sleep a lot that night, but when I woke up, um, I had a lot of messages uh, on Facebook that people had sent, not people who knew me, but other people had sent me a lot of, you know, accusing your husband's a traitor, your husband's a traitor. And, um, you know, it was just really scary and things were sort of calm for a couple of days. Um, but after, after his testimony, that is, but then things really started ramping up because Don Jr. was, you know, hunting for any sort of opposition uh, information on Alex, really promoting it. And the few nuggets that he got that were lies and, you know, turned out to be, you know, not disinformation later. I and mean, he had amplified them so much and to such a huge extent. And this, again, was what people latched onto. And uh, because, you know, until his, his transcript came out, he didn't say anything publicly. So this was the only thing said about him, but he was a traitor. And uh, it, again, I think that's part of why it stuck. And then the president, you know, made a few comments about him. And like I said earlier, I just, you know, signaling to his base. I mean, the way they seem to respond to people is to threaten violence. It's very puzzling to me and disturbing, obviously, but uh, it's effective. So I guess that's why they do it. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely gets a lot of attention for them. Yeah. And my gosh, Rachel, there's so much to unpack there because that time frame, I mean, you know, the, Ron Johnson, Senator Johnson was on that uh, trip, you said. We know that um, he's been now doing an investigation into Burisma and Hunter Biden and bringing in all of this uh, information that they received uh, from, you know, purportedly, and I don't have any evidence of this, but it seems obvious to me, like for Tosh and Parnas and Durkach and people who have been considered and have put, have sanctions put on them. And then he's, your, your, uh, Colonel Vindman is disinvited uh, to that trip um, with Ambassador Bolton to the countries that he's, you know, that are in his charge. And all of that is right around the time that Russia was hacking Burisma and they seem to be with Giuliani and Tonesig and um, DeGeneva and Johnson all and Durkacz all trying to set up what we're seeing now, this story that's come out in the New York Post. Um, and so it would make, I shouldn't say it would make sense, but it stands to reason they would not want somebody who would call that out or be opposed to that kind of behavior on these trips with them around that very critical time 
during Trump's impeachment hearings and when there was setups going on to what we're seeing now as the October surprise. And so that's I find that very, very interesting that uh, Yovanovitch, everyone who might be stopping corruption in Ukraine would be disinvited to those meetings and trips that's i find that yeah, it makes sense now yeah <laughs> if that's i that mean you know it's a bit, really I, weird it is no it absolutely is and i mean hindsight's twenty twenty. at the time i don't think anyone really suspected it and i remember dr hill saying in her testimony that no one really i mean they understood there was something going on but i don't think they really understood the the extent of it or you know how exactly how nefarious it was in addition to that i would say just to the you know Ron Johnson thing, he was on the other side and just took this whole 180. You know he was wanting to support Ukraine against Russian aggression in May at the end of May, and somehow during the intervening months decided to get on the whole, you know Ukraine is bad and uh, you know that train, which was a complete shift. I mean that's one of the reasons why he went to the inauguration is because he was, you know, pro, not pro Zelensky, but, you know, wanted to help Ukraine be that bulwark against Russia and was very much a supporter of that idea and then changed. Well, most people were, right? I mean, right. No, I mean, that was the official policy of the U.S. That was yeah. absolutely the, the policy and most people were. And then it just started to change. And I don't think anyone knows when or why. I mean, I, I suppose it was before then a little bit, but, um, uh, you know, slightly before that, there were some people who were starting to say it, but it, it didn't have any traction. And so one of the other, you know, really stupid, uh, well, it's just uninformed, uh, you know, attack points against Alex. And I don't, you know, they, um, so e- attack points were emailed to the president supporters before Alex's public testimony. Because the Friday before he had on Twitter attacked Ambassador Ivanovich, and I guess they, um, you know, everyone recognized that was probably not such a good thing to do. So for Alex, they kind of were a little bit more organized and they, and they emailed out the attack points of, you know, what to be saying on social media and their forums. But one of the things was of course that he thought that he set policy that Alex, you know, was just a little, you know, too self-important and thought that he set policy and not the president. So that one, I guess, just really annoys me. Um, it annoys me because of the idiocy of it, uh, but it's, it, you know, and still despite that, that it has, that people have repeated it so many times, but it's just silly because, um, I guess, you know, with a, with a lot of foreign policy, I mean, I'm, I'm not a foreign policy expert by any stretch of the imagination, but there's more than, than one way to get to achieve the same objective. So I don't think, you know, he, he's not, he's not someone that has to be like a very strict and set way. So it's just a little, uh, it, it was just really infuriating and he would never have, uh, you know, presumed to set policy, but this was the official policy of the U.S. government was to support Ukraine against Russia. And, um, you know, we were giving them weapons. We were giving them, allowing them to purchase weapons from us. 
So why then would we do that if they were, I mean, it's just, it just was so muddied. And if you, if you look at it just from a completely logical standpoint, um, you know, it would be silly for us to kind of um, work against ourselves, you know, yeah. give them money, but then work against ourselves on the other hand. If your sole objective is to lift sanctions against Russia for the invasion of Crimea and for the 2016 election, what better way? Uh, than to uh, blame Ukraine, um, get out anyone who's trying to root out corruption. Uh, I mean, when you when you look at the end goal, it's it's like you said, hindsight. Uh, I I have a couple more questions. Would you stay with me? I have to take a quick break. Yeah, no problem. Okay, we'll be right back. Hello, Daily Beans listeners. This Helping of the Podcast is brought to you by the best mattress in the universe, Helix Sleep. As many of you know, these past four years, I've had trouble sleeping. (laughs) Haven't we all? I lay awake. I stare at the ceiling. Anxiety. Toss and turn. Thinking of Rudy Giuliani or Jeffrey Tubin or Donald Trump. It's just, it's, I can't sleep. But Helix understands that you're unique. And... They love you and they will make the best, most incredible mattress for you based on how you sleep and, you know, based on your sleep patterns. I, it's totally incredible. Joelle and Mandy have one. They love it. Jordan loves hers. I love mine. We had um, our, our patrons, uh, Anne and Debbie, who were sleeping on a Trump branded mattress. They confessed to us one day and uh, Helix sent them a Helix Plus and now they are 100% happy. And they do this because they created a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. If you like one that's soft or firm or you sleep on your side or your back or your stomach or you sleep really hot, with Helix, there's a mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. I was matched to the Helix Midnight because I like my bed medium firm and I sleep on my side. It's perfect for me, but you don't have to take my word for it. Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and now again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. They're such an incredible kind company. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up if you don't love it, but you will love it. Uh, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. We've been talking to Rachel Vindman. This is so fascinating. Um, I, I'm so glad that you're talking to me today because a couple a couple questions here. You had mentioned uh, that Colonel Vindman, and I, I call him Colonel Vindman because I'm former military and we just, we don't say the lieutenant part. And I honestly think that he should be a colonel, but... Um, because of what you know he was they were there was that whole battle I think we all remember of him his promotion but he he mentioned check on my professional liability insurance twice can you just really briefly explain uh, to listeners what uh, I know you know but what is professional liability insurance for someone like Colonel Vindman so yeah I think most people working at the NSC and in other uh, other government jobs um, not it wouldn't apply in a strictly military job, but it, you know, if you are held responsible or if you ever uh, have to go to a deposition or um, need legal assistance, they would represent you and, uh, you know, for insurance, just like any other kind of insurance. So I think they have approved attorneys and um, we, we ended up actually not using the um you know, using it through them, but um, it it quickly became apparent that it would have been 
extremely expensive. Um, just, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. we, uh, it, even if you have it, I mean, like, again, like a lot of insurance, um, it, it could, you're, there still can be some out-of-pocket expense. And if you want the good, you know, attorneys who have a lot of experience, um, their fees, you know, are likely above and beyond what your professional liability insurance would afford you. Mm-hmm. Same, same. I had professional liability insurance. I was GS 14, same as Lisa Page. Uh, didn't use it, went with Cater Parks Harris, but um, <laughs> it's it's good to have it's good to have it lined up, uh, especially in this administration, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, it should be like before you even walk in the door, <laughs> you should have already signed up for it. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about you, you, you talked about the the personal statement um, that Colonel Vindman made, uh, his opening statement, where he famously said, um, here, right matters, um, and um, said, addressed his dad and said, don't, don't be afraid, I'm, I'm protected. Can, uh, did I, am I correct? Did you help with those opening remarks? I did. Um, although I would say the here right matters was a spontaneous statement that was made to Representative Maloney later um, at the end of his public hearing. Uh-huh. But the um, so the first one we made, we wrote, uh, you know, prior to his closed door testimony, and that was the one that was leaked to the media. The second one, um, I think we tweaked it a little, and just you know we were going over it with him and actually I'm going to credit give credit where credit is due that one was more to his brother Eugene or Evgeny as people know him because his father had expressed a lot of concern uh, a lot of concern for him testifying he you know he said he's the most powerful man to go against him and you know from his experience and his life uh growing up in the Soviet Union, it's not the done thing, no matter what. I mean, it's, it's kind of a pyrrhic victory, even if you are right, even if you win, what do you win? Um, you know, it's that you will face harm, which actually did happen. So, uh, I mean, he was right in that regard. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, we still have a lot more freedom and a lot more um, protection here in the U.S., although if this experience has taught me anything, it's that we have a long way to go. Um, it, I think, as you all know, and I've met other people, uh, you know, have learned a lot about, although Alex, to be clear, not the whistleblower. Technically, I'm not either. So, but yes, and he's not he's not the whistleblower, uh, I think is what you're saying. The one that Rand Paul and Lindsey Graham were trying to out all that time. That's different person. Right. And you know, but a whistleblower of sorts, certainly, um, you know, as, as reporting it to uh, the attorneys of the NSC, which again, by the way, shameless spouse plug, um, also <laughs> in his chain of command. So he didn't go outside the chain of command because they are attorneys are in any organization are part of a chain of command. Um, a necessary one, because if you're reporting someone senior to you, it would, you know, you could go out of your chain of command to report to an attorney to report something, you know, that was wrong. Yeah, I know. I couldn't have said it better myself. But and and when we talk about one of the things I wanted to ask you about is we talk about corruption here. I mean, that's one of the reasons that um, Colonel Vindman, your family, his brother are targets here. 
but if we compound that with what we've recently learned Trump thinks about American war dead heroes, active duty service members and veterans when he called them suckers and losers. Uh, and uh, you you have you have said that he, Trump just does not understand what it means to serve a purpose greater than oneself. Uh, and so I, I was hoping you could tell us, like, how when you read those words, were you surprised that Trump would say those things? And, and how did it hit you? Because it it knocked the wind out of me, even though it was unsurprising somehow. He constantly surprises me, even though I feel like I know who he is, the depth of you know, that he thinks to still surprise me. Um, it, those statements, that statement was like a sucker punch. I just couldn't believe it. But yet, it, it goes along with, um, you know, so much that we do know about him. He's such a transactional man, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think it's been well established that he had a difficult childhood. But a lot of people who have difficult childhoods go on to be normal people. They go on to, you know, do good things and be good people and overcome that and use that as part of their story to go out into the world and do good things. So I'm, I have no um, psychology training, but it just seems to me uh, that at some point he made a choice to be like this and this is who he wants to be. Um, he doesn't seem to have any remorse, uh, even though he knows, I don't know if he knows it's wrong, but surely he sees that it's not so popular and people don't like him because of it. But that, you know, in Don Jr.'s book, there is a line that said, or a, a passage um, that said they were driving by, uh, when they were in town for the inauguration, they were driving by Arlington Cemetery. and when he saw the graves lined up, the gravestones, he thought of the tremendous financial sacrifice that his family had made so his father could serve as president. And I can think of few things in the entire Trump presidency, including the things that have happened to me, that have upset me as much as that. Because it shows just a complete and total lack of understanding. President Trump is one of 45 men elected to lead the greatest country in the world, a democracy that's become a center of hope. Anyone who's traveled overseas, who's spent time living overseas, sees what a beacon of hope the United States is. And it is, the presidency is not about power, which is clearly what the, Trump family thinks that it's all about power, but it's about leadership and service. And he completely misses that. He seems to only see it as power. And it's to our detriment, um, you know, as a nation, as a citizenry, but no one can lead if they're only doing it for themselves. It's, it's, it's impossible to be a good leader if you only do it for what you can get out of it. And I mean, that's why dictatorships always fall because 
they it's around one person, but the United States is around an idea, an idea of hope and opportunity. But he's making it all about the power that he has for him and his family and actually the enablers who support him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and he simply doesn't understand or can, nor can he comprehend actual sacrifice. No, no, no. He, I mean, they equate it with his money. Uh, and he, you know, he said that he deserves a purple heart because of that. And, uh, you know, and here, here I am speaking to uh, the wife of an, a purple heart recipient. I can't imagine um, what that how that disconnect feels coming coming from him and i i think that if you haven't read if you haven't read uh, mary trump's book um <laughs> it's a lot you know a lot of this comes from uh trump's father fred and and i i was particularly struck by one of the passages where uh mary trump's father freddie was asking fred for help with his drinking and sat down at a table across from him and and said i can't do this alone i need you and instead of saying how can i help he said, what do you want from me? And I feel like that sort of sums up the difference between people who understand service and sacrifice and people who do not. And I think it is the choice that we face this November. We have in Joe Biden, somebody who wants to know how he can help. And in Trump, we, we have someone who wants to know what's in it for him. And, and you know, what do you want? Absolutely. From yeah. that's, that's absolutely true. I think we can see and his sons, you know, that they have the same idea. It's it's very sad to see it, you know, perpetuated um, through generations. But when I look at Vice President Biden, you know, I feel an extraordinary kinship with him um, because we also lost a child. Actually, we lost a child at the same hospital that his son Bo died. Um, Bo and my mom actually had the same neuro-oncologist because they had the same Mm-hmm. Uh, glioblastoma multiform, the same as John McCain and uh, Teddy Kennedy, actually. So, um, but uh, yeah, Bo and my mom have the same neuro-oncologist. And, uh, you know, I see in him someone who's been through great tragedy, but still wants to do good. And that's very much, you know, ever since Alex and I lost our daughter, that's been such a driving force for us is to go out and honor her legacy by doing good things and making a difference and I would you know it's something that we often talk about with our daughter who's nine and a half and she you know watches YouTube and this is part of the culture and people do silly things and they become popular and you know Alex always tells her but that's fine you know you can do this but I want you to make a difference in the world. What are you going to do that's going to be helpful? Not that she has to decide today, but I, you know, it's so important to him. It is so important to him for uh, to serve this country, and that everyone has to do a part. And public service is a passion of his, and you know, of ours uh, together as a couple. But that we do things that make the world better, and I see that in President Biden and. He has always been someone who has served his country. Um, it's it's hard to see 
Well, I mean, I, I know he's used to it, but to see all the silly attacks because they're just so silly and that people will latch onto it because, you know, I've seen that with Alex and people just will say, you know, question through his son, you know, whether or not he's really a patriot or he really loves our country. And it's devastating when you have sacrificed so much to serve your country and to, you know, he, he, when he served the constituents of Delaware or, you know, our nation as vice president sent his son to war through all this, that people who have never served a day in their life, not only to our military, but to our country or to anyone. When we know that Trump's his charities are false, everything about them is false. Nothing has ever done anything good. Nothing that they have, you know, sought to do has ever done anything good for another human being, except for people with the last name Trump. And it, it just is infuriating. I do not understand why people celebrate him, why people support him. I don't see the appeal in any way. It's very frustrating to me. <laughs> I guess it's fear. I guess it's a false fear created. Um... No, no. I mean, I do. It's like you create the fear and then you solve it. You create the problem. And then you solve it all at once, like selling you some sort of weird products that you don't need, but you convince you that you do need it and you'd be better off with it, mm-hmm. you know, to solve a, a problem that you never knew you had. And we were going along pretty fine, I think. But now, you know, I think everyone has seen and we can all name an instance or two that we have witnessed of people who, I'm not saying they changed who they were because they were probably already those people, but they feel emboldened to wear their hatred like a badge of courage when before they might've kept it hidden. And we were probably better off when they kept it hidden. <laughs> Even if they, you know, they, 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 they harbor it in their heart and that's bad for them, but there's no reason to go out and, and share it with others. But now I, if they feel so emboldened to have the most awful bumper stickers, the most awful, you know, thoughts and things that they say to people, um, and hatred they spew. Yeah, and I think because our minds don't work that way, we're continually surprised <laughs> by it and yeah. shocked, yet still unsurprised. I call it Schrodinger's surprise. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> well, Rachel, I have to thank you so much for spending so much time with me today and talking to me. Did you have anything else you wanted to add before before we end it? Um, no, no, I don't think so. It was, it was really nice. I appreciate you having me and. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a, a fan of the work that you're doing. I think it's really important to, uh, you know, just to continue to get the word out that, uh, you know, we, we do have a long way to go um, and, and protecting those who speak out to let us know that things are going wrong. And, you know, when we knew better, when we know better, we do better. And I think it's really important for for the public to be informed about these issues so that we can, you know, put laws and protections in place to to make people feel safe to let us know when the wrong things happen. So thank you. Well, you and your family are incredibly inspiring. And I look forward to a day when we can go back to just having our heads down and doing our work quietly. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be amazing. I'm boring in the most wonderful way. And best of luck uh, for you and and series of From My Heart, the future. I know that uh, Colonel Vindman is getting a doctorate. And uh, I, I think... I have hope uh, because of um, people uh, like you and families like yours that 
we can fix this. So thank you very much, Rachel Vindeman. I appreciate your time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's AG with The Daily Beans. We all know our health is the most valuable thing that we have. And especially these days, we're focusing on our well-being. But I avoid, I like to avoid going to the doctor's office right now, as you can imagine. But thankfully, there's a practical and affordable way to take control of your health and get personalized care from the comfort of your own home. And it's SteadyMD. SteadyMD is your personal doctor online. You start by taking a quick quiz and you get matched with a licensed primary care physician who understands your lifestyle and your health needs. Next, you have a one-hour intake appointment with your doctor to start an actual real relationship. And after that, your doctor is available to you anytime by text, phone, or video chat. Unlike other services, this isn't a random doctor on call. Each SteadyMD doctor has a limited number of patients on their panel, so they have time to listen to and give the personal attention you deserve. I took the quiz. I like that they matched me according to my individual health and lifestyle. SteadyMD can help you get and stay healthy, manage chronic conditions and concerns, reduce stress, lose weight, sleep better, feel better, boost your immunity, so important during the pandemic, and much, much more. We're still in the serenity of your own home. You can skip the waiting room and the germs and, you know, hang out in your PJs. Prescriptions are sent directly to your home or local pharmacy, and you get unlimited access to your doctor for just $99 a month. No additional visit fees or co-pays. SteadyMD will help you understand and get the most out of your health insurance, but insurance is not required. SteadyMD is now accepting members of all ages in all 50 states. So go to SteadyMD.com slash Daily Beans to take the free quiz and see which doctor is a perfect fit for you. SteadyMD.com slash Daily Beans. There's no risk and no long-term commitment to get started. That's steady, S-T-E-A-D-Y, M-D dot com slash Daily Beans. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. It's on the way. And it's Friday. That means Amy Carrero is with us. The ever wonderful, gorgeous. You look so gorgeous today, Amy. Oh, <laughs> what a sweetheart. Okay, your check's in the mail. Um, <laughs> thank, you. AG. thank you. No, thank you. It's yeah, I was telling AG that I'm I'm in Canada doing a TV show and um, it takes about two hours and five people to get me looking the way that I'm looking. So, you know, it's it feels good. It feels good to be pampered. Yeah. And so make it worth it. So go to uh, Amy's Twitter feed and check it out. It's, uh, it's, it's <laughs> outstanding. Especially the before pick. Okay. <laughs> I personally think the before pick is hotter, but I'm I'm weird. So Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. The rollers and the, the Joe and Kamala shirt. But <laughs> we digress. Uh, we have a lot of listeners submitted good news and confessions and corrections today. And there's a lot of pod pet picks. So we better just dive in. And I'll go ahead and kick it off. The first, okay. um, the first thing here is a correction from Anonymous, pronouns he and him. Just listen to your latest episode where you were talking about FUDs. Those are female urination devices in the transmasculine mm. community. These are known as stand-to-pee devices, STPs. And they come in many different styles, colors, and sizes. Yes, you can get the ones that look like a peen if you fancy. Uh, mm. I wanted to bring this up as an STP because it's more gender inclusive. And there are lots of AFAB assigned female at birth, trans, and non-binary people who use these devices. They're mm. fantastic if you can figure out how to use them without getting piss all over yourself. <laughs> Practice in the shower so you can wash away any failed attempts. And also remember, just because it worked at first at first at home at the home <laughs> at home the first time, that doesn't mean you won't end up with pee down your legs when you try it again in public. I say this regrettably from personal experience. 
Uh, I submitted this since you always have been open to using more inclusive terminology, which I greatly appreciate as a trans and queer listener myself. Love to all of you on the Beans team. Thank you, Anonymous, because I was wondering if there was a gender inclusive or a, yeah, a more gender inclusive term because FUD yeah. is what the military refers to them as. Oh, uh, Okay. And, you know, they, they can be ahead of times, uh, ahead of things in some cases, but behind the times mm-hmm. in other cases. So this is very cool. STPs. Thank you very much for submitting that. Thank you so much. I love that. Okay. Next up, Anonymous. Pronouns she, her. Hello. I've had an earworm stuck in my head since listening to the good news block on today's episode. And I'm going to pass it on to you. Therefore, this is a confession to an evil deed. <laughs> on today's show... A listener from Arizona wrote about turning their state blue. I was out on my morning jog and my mind had wandered a bit as minds do. And all of a sudden I started singing, won't you turn my red state blue? Uh, what is that? I know. It. Me, AG. I know. Oh, you do? Won't okay, wait, you wait, turn wait. my red state? Won't you turn my red state? Won't you turn okay. my red state blue? It's uh, won't you turn my brown eyes blue? Okay, there we go. Okay, and now I can't get out of my head. Most uh, and my most sincere apologies to Crystal Gale. Oh, there it is. Uh, don't it make my oh, don't it make my brown eyes blue? Yeah. Brown eyes blue. If you're listening, hopefully passing this along will get out of my head. And <laughs> unlike the plot of the movie The Ring, please uh, consider the attached photos of my goofy dog Cooper and my little princess cat Zuzu as an apology. Great. Now it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yep. <gasps> this picture though. Zuzu is a toad look at that face hello and the oh, dog Zuzu. oh my god oh, it's a hound dog uh, type dog with with uh, flappy lips uh, with the head out the window I love it uh, I love a flappy lip I do I, I love a floppy lip dog with the head out the window it, blah, 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 blah. I love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I appreciate the pod pet photos again we will share these in the newsletter Next, from Sandy, pronouns she and her, I have a granddaughter, actually step-granddaughter, but sometimes you get to pick your family, who is 32. She lives a good four hours from me here in Texas, and she's a single mother of a biracial 13-year-old son. She is redheaded and white as white can be. She made a confession to me a while back that she has never voted. The election of the orange one really woke her up, since her father's family are big supporters And on his election, she was shocked at what they were saying about people like her son. She called me crying, and I told her she cannot sit on the sidelines for her son's sake. She has been educating her son on black history to let him know uh, to never feel less than. I have a number of friends who have been in contact with her to help out. I got a text from her to let me know she was standing in line to vote, and it would probably take an hour. She told me her father's mother asked if she was voting. Yes, are you you are voting for Trump, she says. Absolutely not. Mm. I have my baby right here to worry about. Her son was within earshot of that conversation. I'm so proud of her, since in the past she would have never stood up to these racist idiots. She is oh. head and shoulders above that family. Oh, So lovely. And it's got to be so tough to be the, you know, the only two people in the family that are you know, holding it together. Um, so that's that's wonderful that she has that support system and that, you know, she's doing right by her son. I love that. Yeah, sometimes we have to remember, at least me for, as a privileged, I have like uber privilege, right? I'm white. I don't have reproductive 
issues anymore at this stage mm. in my life. Uh, I am straight. I'm cis. Uh, I have health care. I'm college educated. Like I am privileged yeah. to the max. And that, you know, while I'm progressive and I'm going to you know, be voting for the for progressive values anyway, it's always so important uh, for folks to remember that it's not just about you. You know, you, you, yeah. we're, we're not the only people on the fucking planet. And uh, that, that is just so important. Absolutely. And, and, and this election does impact the entire planet and yep. its existence as being a healthy planet not to mention so it's always mm-hmm. you know i always say if you if you don't want to vote or it's not a big deal to you you know if you sit it out for yourself but you can't sit it out because of everyone that you love yeah absolutely it's so important and i think that a lot of people i don't know i maybe i'm wishful thinking but i've i've gotten a lot of messages on my socials from people who you know are like i'm so embarrassed i've never voted before i'm not really sure how you know what to expect or how early do i get there and you know what there's no shame in that game it's never too late to start and i'm so so glad to see so many people coming out and and doing something that is uncomfortable for them you know it's it's sometimes not a, the most comfortable thing to do so i'm i'm really really glad that um, people are kind of, they've had it and, and they're going to come out and they're going to do this uncomfortable thing. Yeah. Or when we have so many of our listeners that are may- like maybe introverts, but they, you know, yeah. they say, I'm in a text bank or I'm in a phone bank and do something that's just out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. It really goes such a long, long way. Love that. Okay. The next one, we've got Danielle from Idaho. Pronouns she, her. Hello, lovely beans queens. I am so excited to submit this because I get to include a friend's shared news. She got hooked to your podcast once I mentioned you ladies as my number one recommendation. Okay. So my friend and I... Okay, that's really good. Okay, so my friend and I push each other to get things done. And while phone banking is hard to get started, it's so rewarding. Oh my gosh, we were just talking about this. My friend talked me into two nights to keep her company and we had a blast. I do need to share one lovely elderly woman who answered the phone and promptly told me her plan in great detail. (laughs) She's, She's always gone to the same polling location, but... Oh, sorry. Both she and her husband have voted in every election. Her husband made sure to pipe in next to her. Um, the, uh, these two were so encouraging and also share their passion with their kids and grandkids. At the end of the call, she stated proudly, well, I'm not long for this world, but I've made sure to have others go on after me, end quote. So all in all, we are ready to install a president in in the office next January. Notice only one candidate is qualified. I've attached both of my babies, nine and 10, and our candid shot with headsets. Love to all. Uh, I don't have the picture. Do you have it? Uh, yeah, I think it's at the end. Oh. <gasps> we will include it in the newsletter. Love well. that. And I love this. That I love that. I'm not long for this world, but I made sure to have yeah. others go on after me. My When I was a oh. baby, my dad used to sing to me this song by Helen Reddy called It's You and Me Against the World. And one of the lines is, when one of us is gone and one of us is left to carry on. And I just oh. always, like, oh. I always think of that. Yeah, me too. And then, and then I wish I had a, a good song to, but I, I heard, I went to a Barbra Streisand concert once and I think it's from a Leonard Bernstein song where about like, you know, planting trees that, that, you know, you'll never sit under the shade of because you do it for the next generation. And I think it's really wonderful. And I'm, and, and I'm so glad that, you know, people are galvanizing and they're having fun while doing it and you know they're getting inspired by others so I think it's all I'm feeling I don't know I'm like turning Canadian I'm like really feeling positive about this whole thing (sighs) 
That's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Turning Canadian, turning Canadian. It doesn't have the same ring, but I love it. No, it sure doesn't. Me too. Next up from uh, Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Hello from Down Under. Down Under. In June of last year, my horse was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease in both her eyes, uveitis. And at the same time, I was told she could be blind in 12 months. Fast forward to 16 months, and today the ophthalmologist confirmed that the disease is inactive and doesn't appear to be progressing. She will be on eye drops for life, so it means I can no longer compete in our chosen sport, which is endurance riding. Awesome. And the meds are considered a controlled substance. But she is healthy, and I can still ride her, so my heart is happy. Mm, I've attached a photo. Not as cute as cat be. Oh, yes. I love horses. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I grew up on a farm. I spent over 14 years teaching horseback riding to (gasps) Girl Scouts at camp. No way. I didn't know that. Yep. I was a wrangler. I was advanced caballero. And we used to go on, like, three-day trail rides. I love horses. Um, So always as cute as cat beans. But she says, thank you for keeping those of us on the other side of the world sane and keeping up the hope of a kinder America and keeping it alive. And here's the beauty. Oh, Oh, the beauty. Look at that coat. And that that white spot. Oh, that's a really cute baby. I think it's so cool that we got a message from down under. Where it's summer, I think. Right? Is it summer? Spring? Anyway, favorite place. Love, love, love Australia. Okay. Okay. The next one is the Calimocho Boys. Calimocho Boys. Okay. Uh, no pronouns, so I'm just going to assume it's a group, right, boys? Uh, my confession. I spent months pissed off and destroyed by all of it. The fumbling, the violence and brutality, the lying and hypocrisy, watching total failure in action, like all the rest of us. In fact, the whole band was doing this. So we wrote this song. We are super proud of it and hope it is art reflecting nature. And we vote this vulgar beast out of office. Calimocho boys, you are the devil is the song, the name of the song. Yeah. Good work. It's a banger. Love it. We'll put the link in the listener links section of the newsletter so you can all give it a listen. Thank you, Calamocha boys. Next Thank and you. finally, we have from Stephen, Stefan, or Stefan. I, I never know. <laughs> um, Me neither. <laughs> no pronouns given, but uh, Stephen, Stefan, Stefan says, Yesterday, <laughs> I was listening to a different podcast, and they mentioned Bruce Willis, and my first thought was your cat, not the actor. <laughs> <laughs> You really awesome. made it. Like honestly, I feel like this is it. This is a, this, I, the peak, the peak of Bruce Willis's career, and I'm so glad that I was here to see it. Mm, now you know, though, he did have he did have he did have 15 minutes yeah. back in the day. He was on uh, HGTV because we were on House Hunters, <gasps> and he got a little cameo. Wait, wait, what? I didn't know that. Wait, I okay. We have to continue this conversation. <laughs> I am obsessed. Okay, I need to know everything, but also. I have a confession. I okay. always confuse Bruce Willis and Dennis Quaid and Kevin Costner. They, I, I truly, if you, I know it doesn't make any sense, but if you line them up, I would not be able to tell you who's who, but I would know your cat. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> I always confused and this one makes no sense, but uh, Robert De Niro and uh, Dustin Hoffman. I don't know why. They're nothing alike. 
Well, they're both like short, you know, and they both like were very, they made those movies that were all kind of not interchangeable, but kind of, you know, just they, they, they were like the character actors, if you will, of, of a certain time. So that makes sense. Or maybe it's De Niro and no, I said Dustin Hoffman. Pacino. Anyway. Yeah. And then of course, yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's De Niro and Pacino. That makes me, yeah, maybe a little more sense. Maybe that's a little more sense because they're in more similar kind of movies. Yeah, but right. always, always confuse the two of them. And I always, and, yeah, and, and also with the Godfather movies, you're like, wait, 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 which one's the Godfather? Which one's the son? Because it's a different order. No, that makes perfect sense. And Michael Douglas and the Sheen dad, not Charlie Sheen. But... Oh, my, 100%. Oh, wait, that is Mike. Is that, maybe that is Michael Douglas. No, that's, Char- no, no, that's Estevez, Emilio Estevez. No, Martin Sheen, Charlie Martin Sheen, Sheen, Emilio Estevez. It's are Martin Sheen. Together. Martin Sheen is the one I always confuse yeah. with Michael Douglas. Anyway. Oh, I can see that. Um, Love it. People no are like, why. is it Amy Carrero or is it Selena Gomez? We'll never know. <laughs> or Miss Congeniality. I have to say that. Yeah. Was oh, I love that. All right. Let well, it, thank it. you so much for taking a break in your super badass actor, actor trailer. Uh, for, you know, for thank you. Taking a minute offset to come and talk to us and help, read us, help us read the good news. Yeah. Oh, this is always such a highlight of my week and I always look forward to it and I'm so, so glad to be a part of it and uh, to be able to you do this in the day where I can set up my phone and give you a ring and we can, you know, hang out like gal pals. Well, you know, you're fucking Chira, so you can really do anything you want. That's true. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Thank you. Yeah, and everyone have a an amazing weekend. We will see you at the happy hour, which is today at 4 p.m. Pacific time and 5 p.m. for the public. And uh, that's it. Everyone, until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. I've been Amy Carrero. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>